0: The Summit Lighthouse brings you practical spiritual answers and is the open door to sacred mysteries. These teachings, delivered by Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet, are compelling, thought-provoking, and timeless. Here are your hosts, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy.
1: Okay, I hope everybody's ready. We're about to get started again on a new topic. Welcome to The Open Door. This is the online voice of The Summit Lighthouse where we publish promote and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we invite you to awaken to the light within. I'm Tom Schumacher.
2: And I'm Terry Kennedy. And I'm Sid Bennett.
1: You know, brothers, I I get the feeling that we've just kind of emerged from a dark tunnel.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know. This is going to be a lovely show.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes, indeed. As some of you may know, and of course, if you're new to the show, you'll learn that for about the last three months, we've been focusing on false teachers and false teachings. And it's a kind of heavy subject. It carries some weight. And, of course, we feel it. I hope you don't feel it. But nonetheless, it's our our privilege and honor to share it. But now we're going to try to uh, get into some lighter fare, if you will. And this is, the focus is healing the heart. And a lot of people carry a lot of pain, perhaps ancient karmas, uh, low self-esteem. They might be angry at God for something that they felt that God might have prevented. Who knows? There's a thousand and one different things. But healing the heart is essential because the Ascended Masters teach that we will we will ascend through our heart. So it's important to get the heart fixed, healed, any hardness, any residual thickness there, it's a good idea to kind of lighten it up. So let's, let's, let's start out by just saying healing the heart is of paramount importance.
3: Well, you know, the heart should be our seat of consciousness. Naturally, we think our brains are seat of consciousness. <laughs> but think through our heart, act through our heart, be through our heart. The brain is is very handy. I think we'll agree on that. And it can be very powerful. But the true source of our being is through our heart. And we have a secret chamber within our heart that has is where our threefold flame is, where the presence of God is within us at the physical. It's not the physical, but it's a different physical level. Sure. And so we understand that the heart becomes the chalice of light and that presence of God with us. And so that's why it's so important, not just at the physical level. Obviously, the physical heart is important. Um, but also the spiritual heart. So one of the masters suggested sometimes we try thinking through our hearts, um, which is a different exercise. And I think what they're saying to us is, you know, there's more to be considered than the calculations of our cranial matter, so (laughs) to speak. And not only for ourselves and for others. And the heart becomes that chalice through which we should really be expressing ourselves.
1: You know, you mentioned thinking through the heart I remember one of the very first lessons that I learned uh, when I began to study and embrace the teachings of the Ascended Masters was to decree through the heart. And I tried to imagine and focalize in this vision of my heart having a voice of its own coming through in the center of my the heart chakra, basically. It was very interesting to think about that because I actually it animated the heart chakra.
3: Well, it helps you realize that you're something more than your brain. Yeah. You know, and, you know, there's a movement out there right now for, quote, unquote, eternal life through, you know, transferring the brain content to some kind of machine or computer. Oh, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's not good, actually. Oh, I know it's not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, and that's not life. Life is the presence of God within us, the actions of God. It's not a computer that has a memory. And I
2: think that I remember hearing that the, the consciousness is actually in the blood. And, 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 in the heart, and, and, and which confirms what you're saying. it's not in the not in the brain matter.
3: You yeah, know? And what happens is, because people, and Mrs. Profphy will talk about this today, you know, the trauma, we've all been through trauma, certainly in this life and other lifetimes as well, very intense trauma, and we have those records of pain and loss. And of course, what happens when you have that pain and that trauma is you tend to close up um, because the pain is so great, and that's understandable. So we have some healing not just from this life but from other lives of those pains and those traumas and those losses. And, you know, it's important not to be too hard on ourselves. Um, <laughs> you know, in the sense that, that you know, we're sensitive light mm-hmm. beings of God. And so when pain has come to us through our own karma perhaps or others doing it to us, naturally there's trauma results. And so God will seal those records very often from other lifetimes until we're ready to deal with them. Yeah. And when they do come up, They can be fairly intense, but fortunately, God has given us the tools to deal with those records so that we don't go into withdrawal again and hardness. You know, uh, as most of you know from previous shows, I've been a banker all my life, and some people have suggested that some bankers have hard hearts. Oh, no. Yes, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) But even just that consciousness that that good people, quote unquote, I'm not considering myself a good person, but people are a good person, people are uh, uh, of God. Will have this substance around their hearts mm-hmm. through hurt or pain or loss or non forgiveness or whatever.
1: Yeah, well, I think that we, we numb the heart sometimes because we can't bear the intensity. Exactly. You know, one of the concepts that is going to be heard later in the lectures from Mrs. Prophet, and we'll talk about it right now, is that when you begin to embrace these qualities of heart and open the heart and heal the heart, you become, in effect, a transformer. Meaning that you take this energy and it is an outwardly focused energy that has an immediate effect on yourself, of course your family, loved ones, your associates, the people in your immediate environment, but it could have ripple effects all throughout the cosmos.
2: Heart is an incredibly powerful... Well, it actually does because once you push that out there,
3: it doesn't come back. It ripples throughout the universe. So it's you going. become a transformer. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because I was, about two weeks ago or a week and a half ago, I was in the hospital visiting someone and um, a person came in to do put a pick line in, you know, where they give sure. the IVs. And... This person walked in, and it was like the whole room changed. <laughs> I mean, I had to look up. I was like startled. This person had so much light in their aura, and she was come to pick up, put a pick line in. Yeah. Oh. So I mean, she was she transformed that room by the presence of the light within her.
1: It's it's, wow. it's so powerful. I mean, we can't underestimate how powerful the heart truly is.
2: Yeah, and just doing a simple thing. If something comes to you to say something nice to somebody, just do it. Do Don't it. Don't think about
3: it. Just do it. Well, it's kindness, you know. I mean, what do you remember about things in your life? The bad things, unfortunately, remember yeah. those. But we also remember simple acts of kindness and what they've, what they've meant to us when we have a particular need at a particular time and someone extends that flame of kindness. And, of course, Lord Maitreya, who is the guru of Jesus, that's his whole vibration is kindness. Yeah. And yeah. so there's so much we could do with the heart. People around us. Besides us being in pain, people around us are in pain, too. They cover up and show it in different ways. But they're in pain, too. And the kind word, and I love the quote from El Mory, which I've always cherished, and he said, kind words heal. Kind words heal, yeah. And people need healing. You know, Boy, they right. really do. They've been through a lot of trauma yeah. in this and other lifetimes. And so by, by increasing that light within our hearts, not only does it transmute those records of pain, and for those out there that have hardness around their heart, you know, it will soften it and eventually transmute it. That's what the violet flame and heart healing does. So, yes, we deal with things at the physical level. Keep your heart healthy, exercise, diet, et cetera. But keep your spiritual heart healthy. That is absolutely key. Yeah. You
1: know, it's one of the interesting points. It's very common to say this, and it's very easy to remember, is that we may not know precisely how to define love. I mean, it comes in various forms and, and sizes, but we know how it feels. We know that we want more of it, and we we you've said this many times, Sid, in previous programs, that a lot of times we feel worthless. We don't deserve love. We don't deserve to have that 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 glowing flame of love in our hearts because whatever we did, we did, and so now we're we're undeserving. It's such a lie. It's such a it's a gross overestimation of how the fallen ones have used power and leverage to get us off that path.
2: Yeah, and God only holds the immaculate concept for our purity and our absolute perfection. Sees us whole. It's amazing.
3: Yeah, God yeah. will have forgotten our sins long before we have. Well, <laughs> yeah. but I
1: think that hardness of the heart in part is protection. So that, you know, you you don't feel worthy of it. And, it, you know, you can understand that you can project that out onto other people. I'm going to feel worthy of it. So whatever reasons I've got, you may have them too.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So we walk around kind of carrying this burden. Imagine just being lifted up and lightened by it. By the power of love,
3: you know, Just and and know, of course the that, weight is gone. The yeah. power of you know love, etc., is almost it's so common that how you define it, right. you know. And I'm not saying I can define love, but there are different types of love, and some love is very selfish, you know. Um, I want you to love me because it feels good, so to speak. <laughs> um, but the, the highest love, of course, is a spiritual love, yeah. and. Uh, That's not an indulgent love, but it's a very powerful love. And you talk to people, and people share sometimes their spiritual experiences. And what I have heard frequently is that not often, but sometimes they'll experience a love that is not of this world. And Mm -hmm. it's definitely different from this world. It's a vibration or a presence of God. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't usually last very long for people I've talked to about this, but they always say the same thing. It's different from love as we know it. And it is so much beyond love as we know it that it's not able to define it. But it's it changes their entire persona and being. Mm-hmm. And I think as we strive for the spiritual path, we're striving to be an instrument of love of God, but know that there's love that's much even beyond where we are now. And, you know, the God loves us with a love that we cannot comprehend, I think. Yeah. But that love is not always an indulgent love, but it is a kind love and a forgiving love if we are willing to take those steps for our own healing and to share and give love to others. Yeah,
1: so what are some of those steps?
2: Well, I'm thinking of the different types of love. You've got the love that that two people have, you know, Mm -hmm. attraction in a romantic sort of way, and you've got love for for children and you've got love for your brothers and sisters fellow men mm-hmm. um, I don't know that that answered your question
1: no it well it does because it, it's all about practicing that's how it's getting to is that the yeah. tools we may use whether it's decrees or prayer or meditation just thinking kind thoughts yeah whatever it may be it's something that we do. It's something that's active. It doesn't just happen
3: to us. We have to basically promote it. Got to work Did, at didn't it. Didn't yeah. Jesus say something about loving your enemies? I kind of recall something that Something like that, yeah. And that's a tough one. <laughs> you know, that's not an easy one. Oh, boy, forgiveness. You know, and so you have to learn how to love people. And we'll look, Mrs. Prof will talk about that today. She will, yes. How do you love your enemies? And, you know, it's so important and crucial, you know, that we not get involved in condemnation of others. You need discernment. But getting into criticism, comments, and judgment is very detrimental to our souls, not to mention others. Well, and yet you do have that line that you must draw in terms of discernment and behaviors which are unacceptable. So this is a, you know, you master that one. You're a, you're, you're a long way home.
1: Well, you know, and another thing that comes up in these lectures that we'll hear is that um, Mrs. Prophet recommends calling upon the, div- the law of divine justice, the law of divine mercy. That when you forgive the not self of a person, you're for, you know you're just removing that that the human self to
3: well you embrace, forgive the soul.
1: You, well, you embrace, but I mean you embrace the immaculate concept as yeah. you were saying, Terry, for the
2: soul. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. I you,
2: mean you help them remove the dirty clothes, so to speak. You know, as they've been carrying around that has caused them to do evil things or whatever. Well, you
1: stay focused on that on in them, and they feel it too. Yeah it's like you're almost aiding and abetting them holding on to something that's negative and pulling them down right let it go well anyway already
2: already <laughs> oh my
1: gosh <laughs> well we've got to take a break now as I said we may not find it easy to define love but we know how it feels we're going to take a break right now but when we come back we'll talk more about that So please stay with us
0: motivate, change, succeed VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
4: At the Summit Lighthouse our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self
5: For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
0: You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by The Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show.
1: Well, today we're talking about love, and in particular, healing the heart. Now, it may, as we've said, not be easy always to define love, but we know what it feels like, and we know that we want more of it. Here's more
6: Love. Most people can't define it, but they know they want more of it because they know what it feels like to be touched by love. One day, very early in the morning, midst streets full of the sleeping, homeless poor of India, Malcolm Muggridge accompanied Mother Teresa to the Calcutta railway station to see her off. When the train began to move, he said, and I walked away. I felt as though I were leaving behind me all the beauty and all the joy of the universe. Something of God's universal love has rubbed off on Mother Teresa, he said, and something of God's universal love rubbed off on Mugridge as well. Like Mother Teresa, those who embody the living flame of love are transformers. Are you a transformer? Do you transform people, civilization, the people you know, be transformers. That's a great goal, and it's a great choice. For such people, whatever they touch, it is transformed. No matter who you are, no matter what you're calling, if you so choose, you can be a living transformer of love. Try it, and see how happy you make others. There are many obstacles that prevent us from connecting with others and from giving and receiving love. We may be afraid to open our heart because we were deeply hurt by someone in this life or a past life. Or we may lack self esteem and we're afraid of being rejected. Or we may have hidden anger and resentment against others or against God Himself. God forbid. Or for no reason, we may have a sense of guilt and we don't think we deserve love. As a result, We build up layers and layers of defenses that we don't even know that we have. It's like wearing a rubber tire around your waist. No one can get too close to you, and you can't get too close to anyone else. How do we heal the heart? Number one, be open to exploring the roots of your inner pain and your sense of guilt. Get after these, get after pain and shame of those who have shamed you. Get out of your guilt consciousness. If you are guilty for something and you believe you are guilty, run to the altar of God. Call on the law of forgiveness. Give violet flame decrees. Give some service to your community. Atone. But don't live your life in that rut forever because God doesn't see you that way. He sees you immaculately. Remember that. We can only get so far on the spiritual path without digging deeply into our psychology. How can we heal our wounds if we don't first identify them? The key to success is to couple therapy with spiritual practices, especially the violet flame decrees of the Holy Spirit. I want to remind you that therapy is a wonderful tool, and it gives you understanding and resolution and how you can work through your substance. But remember, the fulfillment of therapy is always the violet flame because the violet flame transmutes. Therapy enables you to understand. It opens your eyes. It sees what you need to see. So it's fine to do therapy and it's important to do so if you need to. But please conclude it with as much violet flame as you desire. I've talked about the Holy Spirit in the person of the Ma Chohan He is the third person of the Holy Trinity, of Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and the Divine Mother. To the early Christian thinkers, the Holy Spirit was the empowering presence of God, the empowering presence of God. The Holy Spirit is a facilitator, a comforter, a source of inspiration. In Jewish tradition, the Holy Spirit is a general term for enlightenment and inspiration. Maimonides says the person who has merited receiving the Holy Spirit is transformed and can perceive things that are not normally accessible. Kabbalist Moses Lusato describes the Holy Spirit as a form of enlightenment that is above human reason and intellect. He calls it bestowed enlightenment bestowed enlightenment. Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. If you want the Holy Spirit to be inside of you, When you want to do your chakra meditations, you want to purify yourself, you want to offer this tabernacle of God, this tent of the living God within us, with such a glorious presence of the white light that you are a living flame of that white light of the Holy Spirit. The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The Maha Chauhan is the Ascended Master who holds the office of representative of the Holy Spirit for Earth. Maha means great in Sanskrit and Chohan means Lord in Tibetan. The Maha Chauhan personifies the third person of the Trinity. He is the representative and the incarnation of the Holy Spirit. So he's not just a spirit moving through the ethers, but he is truly an ascended master who has tremendous love and compassion for us all. He was incarnated in ancient Greece as the poet Homer. His last incarnation was in India where he was a shepherd. Isn't that interesting? How he communed with the sheep and perhaps traversed much territory in doing so. In that life, he communed with all life through the Holy Spirit. The second way to heal the heart, let go of the past. It is so important. If we do not let go of the past, we will never enter the future. We should all be futurists. How can we be futurists if we're bemoaning and lamenting the past that might have been, should have been? If you continually revolve the past, you aren't free to move on, even if you think you are. And you are tied to the situation or object you dislike. Where your attention goes, there your energy goes. There is a perfect example of this in Return of the Jedi. Luke Skywalker is trapped with the evil Emperor and Darth Vader. The Emperor turns to Luke and sneers, Good, I can feel your anger. Take your weapon. Strike me down with all of your hatred, and your journey to the dark side will be complete. Later, while Luke is fighting Darth Vader, the Emperor tells him, Your hate has made you powerful. Luke realizes that his hatred will tie him to the dark side. He centers in his heart, reaffirms his allegiance to the Force, and ultimately, by his own love, draws Darth Vader back to the light but the emperor is right. Your hatred will bring you to the feet of the object you hate. Three, forgive, 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 70 times 7, 7,000 times 70. First, last, and always, forgive, forgive, and forgive, because if you do not forgive, you will be tied to the person who has wronged you. If you haven't forgiven someone, go and find him and implore his forgiveness. Write a letter to someone who has passed on and burn it and pray that they might forgive you. Do this and you will feel liberated from head to toe. You can't expand love if you hold on to anger. If you refuse to forgive a friend or an enemy who has wronged you, even if he wrongs you again and again, you tie yourself not only to that person but also to his anger. People go to their graves without making peace with their enemies. This is a tragedy, for they will surely carry their resentments and their desire for revenge into their next life. You cannot get rid of it unless you make your peace with God. Lifetime after lifetime, they may hold on to their resentment and revenge with no let-up in sight. What does this do to the soul? It is totally self-destructive. When I was a young girl, I learned a lot about forgiveness from my spiritual mentor at the time, Mary Baker Eddy, the founder of Christian Science. She wrote an essay entitled, Taking Offense, which had a profound impact on me. She wrote, Well, may we feel wounded, by our own faults, but we can hardly afford to be miserable for the faults of others. Nothing short of our own errors should offend us. When I read this essay on a wintry day at Antioch College where I was a student, a great burden was lifted from me. Then and there I adopted Jesus' admonishment to Peter. It was as though Jesus were speaking directly to me. What is that to thee? Follow thou me. When I remember that, I follow Jesus, and I don't worry about the rest. And I have found that no matter what anyone said or did to me, I simply could not find it in my heart to take offense. If you are offended, it's a sign that you still have pride. Think about it. This was a joyous liberation for me. My soul could forgive and forget and I could free up 100% of my energies for a constructive endeavor.
1: If you can't forgive, you can't forget. Or if you can't forget, you can't forgive. <laughs> Maybe it goes both ways. Either way works. Well, <laughs> what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Yes. Here's more, back in a moment.
0: on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment.
7: Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man.
5: It's your world. Motivate, change, succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com.
0: You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to our show. Mm
1: are back we're talking about healing the heart and in particular right now we're talking about forgiveness and i'm going to get it right this time (laughs) it has been said that if we cannot forget we cannot forgive here's more
6: jesus was and is a prophet of love where two or three are gathered together in his name he is in the midst of us i do not doubt that jesus is here today Maybe you've heard his words on love and forgiveness so many times that you don't stop to think about what they really say. To me, they are one of the most practical guides to spirituality that you could ask for. Peter asked Jesus, If another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus replied, Not seven times, but I tell you, seventy times seven. On another occasion, Jesus said, You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors? Very unpopular people in Jesus' day, do the same. And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. A few years ago, my Holy Christ self awakened me to the depth of this teaching. I was just waking up in the morning, and I heard my Holy Christ self Forgive my greatest enemy, someone who had pursued me to destroy our Church Universal and Triumphant and all that we stand for. And I realized what my Holy Christ self was doing for me. He was teaching me how to forgive my enemy. He was showing me this is how you must love your enemies. And so, somewhere in the inner chambers of my heart, was my Holy Christ self. Was me and was my enemy. And then and there I realized that I can have no enemies, but only people, all people that I love. You've heard about making peace with your parents. Well, some of us need to make peace with God. Deep down inside, we haven't forgiven God for the loss of a child or for some calamity that has befallen us. We cannot always know why such things happen. But there is no injustice anywhere in the universe. And karma, of course, is a factor. We must make peace with God. I cannot think of anything more ungodly to have a problem with God and not solve it before the sun goes down. Please resolve your problems with God. This is a serious matter. Walk on the beach, run on the beach, call to Him, agonize, whatever it takes, but finally, in the end, please make your peace with God. It will be a stone of stumbling to you, to your very last breath, if you do not do this. Forgiveness must come forth from the depths of our being, or we cannot go forward. Many times, our hardest challenges turn out to be our greatest blessings. The Taoist philosopher, Later, makes this point in his delightful story about a poor old man who lived with his son on the top of a hill. Author Gene Cooper summarizes the story in this way The poor man owned a horse which strayed off one day, whereupon the neighbors came to offer sympathy at his loss. What makes you suppose that this is misfortune? the old man asked. Later the horse returned, accompanied by several wild horses, and this time the neighbors came to congratulate him on his good luck. "'What makes you think this is good luck?' he inquired. Having a number of horses now available, the son took to riding and, as a result, broke his leg. Once more the neighbors rallied round to express sympathy, and once again the old man asked, "'How could they know that this was misfortune?' Then the next year, war broke out, and because he was lame, the son was exempt from going to the war. End of quote. (laughs) It's not easy to forgive those who have committed crimes against the soul, the mind, the body. I was moved to tears recently when I read the heart-rending accounts in People magazine of celebrities who have lost a son or daughter tragically. In 1981, six-year-old Adam Walsh was abducted at a store in Hollywood, Florida, while his mother was shopping, just three aisles away. He had been watching four boys play video games. After weeks, Adam's severed head was found in a canal. His father, John Walsh, then a hotel developer, was devastated. He couldn't work, and he lost everything. Now John is host of the TV show, America's Most Wanted. You're not supposed to bury your children, he told People magazine reporter. They are your legacy. But I would never have accomplished the things I have, such as the Missing Children's Act, which brings the FBI immediately into cases involving missing children, if it wasn't for Adam and my love for him. In 1994, George McGovern's daughter, Terry, froze to death in a Madison, Wisconsin parking lot after a night of heavy drinking. McGovern said... I'll hear that the temperature is 38 degrees and think, God, if it had been that warm in Madison, Terry would be alive. Or I go out into the bitterly cold blast and think, that's how Terry must have felt when she died. Gloria Vanderbilt, whose 23-year-old son, Cooper, dropped from the terrace of her 14th floor Manhattan penthouse as she looked on, said, It's almost impossible for me to look at a baby now. When I laid in bed, I would see in front of me a huge screen, like in a movie theater, and the whole thing would play, over and over again. Mary Wilson, one of the original Supremes, lost her 14-year-old son when the Jeep she was driving crashed into a center divider, then flipped over. I was broken, she said, but I also grew up. I've become a different person. I changed my goals and direction. We are not taught in America how to handle death, she said. We are taught that death is scary. A chunk of my heart is gone, but the rest of my heart is there. This then tells us that people need to learn how to process. They need so much to have the violet flame. It is such a deep desire of my heart to see the violet flame on the altar of every church, synagogue, Islamic temple, think if every major world religion had the violet flame burning on the altar of their services. We could transform the world and we could heal the burdens of the hearts of parents who would come to understand reincarnation that they have been denied. It is a tragic thing to lose a child and not to know that that child will be born again and have another opportunity. Maybe the child had karma, maybe it didn't. But it's so sad that people have to be burdened in this pain when life can truly go on and be turned around. If you have loved ones and dear ones who are burdened by these situations, please don't hesitate to comfort them, that there is a Holy Spirit, there is a violet flame, there is help for everyone. Let's not allow people like these parents to suffer the rest of their lives, not knowing that Jesus Christ and all the ascended masters have already given us the answers for them, but the clergy will not admit us into their churches. Is this not a sad, sad outcome? We want that sad outcome to become joyous. What is the appropriate response of a spiritual seeker to evil? And the evil doer. I asked the ascended Master El Moria this question after a woman in my congregation poured out her heart to me in a letter. She said, Try as hard as I can. I cannot forgive my former husband for molesting my daughters. They have suffered all their lives as a result of this. They have problems in their marriages, they have not been able to work through the trauma of it all, and I cannot forgive him. What shall I do? El Moria's counsel was both liberating and empowering. The Master said that resolution is a two-step process. The first step is to invoke the law of divine mercy for the forgiveness of the soul of the evildoer. We must forgive the souls of evildoers. Just because they're evil doesn't mean to say we should not help them. We can turn them around because our love is greater than what they have done. The second step is to invoke the law of divine justice for the judgment of the not-self of the evildoer. To the woman who wrote me the letter, this teaching was the healing of a lifetime. At last she had found resolution because she knew that God would dispense both his mercy and his divine justice. Vengeance is mine, I will repay, thus saith the Lord. You do not have to get even with anyone, because God is the great avenging sword. He takes care of our burdens. Number four, use the violet flame to transmute burdens of the heart. We have all known burdens of the heart, from our first love probably unto many, many decades. The grief and burden of a loss, the loss of a loved one, requires intense transmutation by the violet flame. Sometimes you may feel burdened, but you don't know why. It may be because your burdens rise up from your unconscious mind to reveal events of past lives. When this happens, it indicates that the Maha Chohan is opening a crack so that you might understand past karma and how you can balance it today. In 1973, Mark Prophet passed on. He didn't expect to live a long life. I knew him for 12 years. We had four children. And I realized that his time was short, and so did he. He passed on, and I carried on this organization. What I found was that I would feel lonely and sorrowful if I had the notion that I was separated from Him, He in the heaven world and me below. But if I remembered that we are one and that we are all one, I had joy in my heart. So it's the sense of separation that causes pain and the joy of love that enables us to bear these seeming separations when they are not separations at all. Mark Prophet made his ascension, and he works at inner levels with the other ascended masters, and I'm grateful to be part of their team. I remind myself now and then to get back into the center of oneness so that I don't feel that separation. Try it where you have a deep love that has now no longer in this octave. I think you will find profound consolation.
1: Well, and there it is. You know, we're all one. There's no separation, really. And that brings us to all, I think, a deep and profound consolation and joy. We'll be back after a short break. Please stay with us.
0: Starts here. Voice America It's your world.
5: Those seeking a higher spiritual path question everything. It is the nature of a spiritual seeker. They look deeply at all world religions and know that there are nuggets of truth within them all. The Summit Lighthouse is a deep repository of spiritual wisdom delivered by the Ascended Masters through their messengers Mark and Elizabeth Clare Prophet. For over 50 years, we have brought seekers worldwide liberating teachings that include the violet flame, the creative power of sound, and a deep, personal connection to the masters of light. The goal of our show is to bring you timely spiritual teachings that are practical and liberating. For a free download of one of our most popular books, go to www.summitlighthouse.org forward slash radio downloads. Your world, change your life. Voice America
0: You are listening to The Open Door, brought to you by the Summit Lighthouse. Please send your comments or questions to Webradio at TSL.org. Now, back to our show. And thank you, we're back.
1: That last segment um, was a, a rich and deep vein, I think. you know There's a lot of content there that's worth repeating. I know, Sid, you had an idea that talking about making peace with God,
3: it's a great concept. Kind of a, it is, it's, it's an important one, um, yeah. <laughs> obviously. I, I think that our relationship with God is one that you know maybe we don't think about in that context too much. But do we blame God for certain things in our lives? God, I've done everything you told me to do. And I'm my life is still a mess or, you know, yeah. word to that effect right. and so forth. But what I think really happens sometimes is people know, you know, I'm not gonna be supposed to get angry at God. You know, that, that's definitely a verboten. So what they do is they get angry at themselves. Yeah. Well, I must have really failed because God's promises aren't working in me, mm-hmm. so to speak. So, and of course, God is in you. So you're getting mad at God within you. So it's important, you know, to talk to God. And if you need to work things out with God. I think God's patient. He's willing to do that. There was a <laughs> yeah. movie some years ago. I think it was called The Apostle. And uh, I think that was the name of it. Steve Martin was in it. And he's, he's coming. He's driving to get away from something. He comes to a, a rural intersection. And there's, there's there's different ways to go. He's trying to figure what to do. And, and then, you know, he talks to God about that. In another scene, he tells God why he's mad at him. And in a way, that was honest. Yeah. You know, he didn't say, well, I must be a bad person. And he said, God, these are the things I'm mad about. But... You know, I I do that in the context of seeking resolution with God right? um, because you don't want it to be there because we can't feel the love and the presence of God. And that's where surrender and forgiving God, forgiving ourselves for karma that has brought something into our lives and our family and loved ones and so forth. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, Henry David Thoreau on his deathbed. uh, He was asked, you know, if you made your peace with God. And he said, I never knew we quarreled. (laughs) <laughs> oh. that's wonderful so that's a so making your peace with God and you know talking to God God this is what I'm feeling help me to resolve it yes you know it's not it's not a sin to have feelings or have things you have to work through because we all do and God and the angels want to help us so be honest with yourself and honest with God but don't be subconsciously angry at God and then transfer it to yourself or someone else.
1: You know, when Mrs. Bravi was talking about that very point, she, she said something that, and i almost hesitant to lift the lid off this because it's one of those big ones. She said, there is no injustice in the universe. And then the understatement of the year was, and karma plays a factor. <laughs> well, you know, in a way, to look at life that way is probably the right way to realize that things that happen are the result of karma. Or at least that's a likely cause. But it doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't at all. But I mean, it's saying that you don't blame God for something that you have earned. <laughs> that's right.
3: And and that's where people are looking for yeah. a reason for all this. And Or, you know, I must be a terrible person because look at me, yeah. you know, type of thing. This is the fruit of my labor, so to speak. But especially in your last or last couple of embodiments, you're cleaning up old stuff. And so things will come into your world that may not have been there for 100,000 years. So deal with it. Transmute it work out the psychology of it, whatever it is, and then move on. But I think the, the message here, both with forgiveness of others and ourselves, is don't, don't let these things become your life. It, you are more than this, more than things that have been done to you, more than things you have done to others. They must be resolved, but you're much greater than that. God in you is much greater than that.
1: Well, And, and don't doubt your goodness. I was reminded when we heard Mrs. Prophet talking about Malcolm Muggeridge leaving Mother Teresa at the Calcutta train station. We know from her memoirs that she thought she was not deserving of God's love. She felt she was not doing enough. That somehow she was falling below the mark, and it's it's almost impossible to
3: imagine that being the truth. Well, that that's true of many saints, and I think the you know that you don't want to go the other extreme either. It's putting your feet up and say, well, you know, I'm a great light bearer. Yeah. I wonder what's on TV next, uh, so to speak. <laughs> um, you know, so the, understanding the love and understanding how do we need to position ourselves. But someone gave me some advice once when I was being somewhat hard on myself, and they said, be gentle with yourself. Isn't that a beautiful thought? Mm-hmm. Be ah. gentle with your soul. You know, our souls are are in pain, and we have to be kind. Our souls are in our child. Think of it that way. You're kind to children. Be kind to your soul. Be kind to yourself. Not indulgent to yourself, but kind to yourself. Just kind, yeah. I mean, you know what it means when 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 you're kind to others, what it does for them. So be kind to yourself, Accept responsibility for your mistakes, and God has given us a way to deal with them. The violet flame, therapy, you know. I mean, you know, real men do therapy. Yeah. They may not eat quiche, but they do therapy. <laughs> and, and, they're,
2: and they wear pink when they're doing
3: it. <laughs> you know, I, I went through some inner child work, and it transformed my life. I just mm-hmm. got it to, you know. Yeah. And, and so we don't realize the impact on, you know, I had loving parents, but guess what? They didn't do everything right. <laughs> you know, and so on and so forth. So sure, exactly. let's be practical. This is practical spirituality. These are fundamentals for happiness in life, not to mention resolution and, and making spiritual progress. Because how many people do you know that are tied up in knots mm. over things that have happened to them, and their inability to forgive or let go? And, you know, as Mrs. Prophet says, you're tied. Whatever you focus your energy on, you're tied to. And if you if we're unwilling to forgive people, do you want to spend the next 50 embodiments with them? Oh, no. I mean, I don't think we do. Isn't it much nicer to forgive and let God take care of the other things? And I'm not saying this is always easy because the pain, like this poor woman that had her children molested. I mean, what pain can you possibly imagine worse than that? And so, mm-hmm. but nonetheless, it is freedom for the soul and the path of happiness and trust that God will resolve all imbalances or injustices.
1: You know, and I do want to go back to the point we started this segment on, which is making peace with God. It sounds almost simplistic to say that, but there are probably places in all of our hearts where we've carried some pain, that we thought it was not our fault, that God maybe did it, or at least God could have done something else and he didn't.
2: God could have intervened and he didn't. Yeah. 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 You know, two of the, the, the main building blocks of the teachings of the Ascended Masters, karma and reincarnation, are absolutely precious for understanding things. I, I can't I can't keep from thinking about John Walsh and his son. Yeah, yeah. Um, had he, you know, had all these parents that Mrs. Prophet talked about, had that understanding of reincarnation, they could peacefully uh, go about knowing that well, this soul is going to have an opportunity God, to return. And God, if there's
3: trauma at the passing, God, you know, there's places in heaven where you go to resolve trauma. That's right. You know, where children go to grow up in heaven, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 die early. So they have the completion of that in their psyche. And then they come back for another opportunity. And I think I've shared this before about some of the, the young men in my daughter's high school, you know, who clearly mm-hmm. are back from the battlefield. I can tell you that right now. Sure. They're so profoundly Tied to America and the flame of fighting and so forth. And we know, of course, when you pass on the screen of life in war, you get to come back right away. Yes. And so the continuity of life, separation is painful, but there is a continuity of life and opportunity. And it's worth whatever striving we can make in this life. As Paul says, for a better resurrection. If we have to come back, it's going to be a better one, and you won't have to marry that same person you've been married to three hundred times or whatever. Um, and you can make your real progress. Or if you don't have to come back because you have forgiven completely.
1: Well, and and you you said it too. You know, be gentle with yourself. It's okay. We're far harder on ourselves than others are. <laughs> we, we are. You know, one one of the uh, attributes I think of a, a joyful, healed heart is humor. And I just have to share this with you because it came up again, not the first time, but it was one of those situations where, and this is a, a Catholic story, where the Monsignor Driscoll is going around to the various little parochial schools and he's asking the little first graders what they like best about school. And they're all answering the things like, "Well, I know how to spell my name. And I, I love math. I learn how to read a book. And the little kid in the back kind of raises his hand and he goes, I like inner calm. And the <laughs> Monsignor looks at me Inner calm? Wow. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? He said, well, yes. I love it when Sister Mary Regis comes on the inner calm and tells us it's time to go home.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, God has a sense of humor. Did God you know that? Has, that's oh, what I'm getting gosh. to. Absolutely. God forgives us before we
1: ask him. has a sense of humor, and we can't be gentle with ourselves because that's what he wants.
3: And we can laugh at our human foibles. Indeed. Even as we take accountability for them. Let's laugh at, you know, I mean... My wife is, you know, <laughs> anybody that's been married for a long period of time, your spouse is usually willing to point out certain behavior patterns that, you know, they see are funny. You know, <laughs> let's put it that way. Yeah. You know? And so it's good. Laugh at yourself. Indeed. You know, Thomas Morse said, the devil's a proud spirit. Doesn't like to be laughed at.
1: No, doesn't like to be mocked. No. Yeah. Well, Terry, somebody's going to want to write to us. I just know it.
2: <laughs> well, I'm the man to help them. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Well, if you need to reach us, we are at webradio at tsl.org. Oh. Once again, Tom, <laughs> webradio at tsl.org. And thank you for the opportunity.
1: Indeed. Should I check that inbox, do you think? <laughs> yeah, uh, let's do. Probably do that. And, you know, as we have said so many times, we thank you for being part of this audience, part of this mandala. These teachings are for everybody. This is what creates the avenue through the heart to the ascension. You're on that path. Thank you.
3: You know, if I just may add here, you know, St. Germain has said, if people will accept karma and reincarnation, it will change the consciousness of this planet.
1: Indeed. Amen. Oh,
3: yeah, definitely. Amen. K and R, the two big
2: ones. Whew. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and though the upper path may sometimes be difficult, the rewards
3: are, are out, out of, of this, this world. world.
1: Thanks, everyone. God bless you. Talk to you next week.
0: Thank you again for joining us this week. Remember, tell your friends and family that they can listen to us live each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, and Noon Mountain on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about The Open Door and The Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website, www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week.